how are you doing? Hello. From deep cuts to future classics. On location and behind the scenes. Somewhere between reasonable and crazy. It was no more complicated than that. Let's skip intro and find out what to watch on Netflix. Coming up. It's nice when something gets a good reaction. It's been a very pleasurable and gratifying relationship. You've gone back to your life before you met me. It's pathetic. A lot of things in the script were funnier than I thought, and we had a good time doing it. It was an 11-page scene, and we shot it over two days. I don't believe we've met. What's your name? Hello, I'm Dottie, and welcome to a bonus episode of What to Watch on Netflix the weekly podcast that navigates you through the spaghetti junction of all the film and TV we have to offer. We made this bonus episode because we got so many amazing people involved in our BAFTA special, we just had to make more room. You heard from the two popes and Dolomite is my name gang in episode one. Now it's time to grab some tissues for a marriage story chat with its creator, Noah Bomback and bow down to the world's greatest Irishman. Robert De Niro. On the advice of counsel, I respectfully decline to answer that question on the grounds that it might tend to incriminate me. Then seeing as it's Friday, we'll head over to our HQ and find out what good stuff is landing in time for your weekend. Nobody, as you know, even went to jail for that. And nobody talked, which is unusual because usually three people can keep a secret only when two of them are dead. So, picture the scene. It's December 2019. It's the last week of Christmas before everybody breaks up to go away. I'm packing my bags. I'm getting ready to go home. The phone rings. Jamie, how you doing? How's the podcast going? It's going great. Thank you very much. They were like, listen, we've got one more interview that we need you to do. The guy's only in town for one day. And I was like, look, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just not going to be able to do it. I'm too busy. And it's Christmas. They were like, Jamie, it's Robert De Niro. I was like, right, where, when, tell me, I'm on my way, grabbed my microphone and sat there and waited for him. He walks in, it's bloody Robert De Niro, isn't it? The only thing is, Donald Trump's impeachment process had just started and he hadn't watched it. So I found myself having to watch Donald Trump's impeachment process at the Senate on my phone next to Robert De Niro. You didn't need to know that, just a nice little anecdote, I thought. Here he is. How the devil are you? Okay, how are you? Very good. I guess we're on awards kind of uh, mode at the moment. Yeah. Does it still get you excited? Does it still get you nervous? Does it still matter to you? Yeah, it's it's a nice thing. <laughs> do you think that um, film goers listen to critics much nowadays, or do they do they trust their own instincts? Well, sometimes uh, I agree with what they say. Others, I'm not sure. It's maybe more personal the, yeah. the opinion. Um, I like just good criticism, constructive, not mean or spiteful or nasty yeah. criticism. I just think that's nobody benefits from that. You can learn or become aware of things that you cannot find anywhere else other than in criticism because nobody's going to tell you. Except, except somebody who doesn't, who doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, because everyone, everyone tends to blow smoke up their yeah. arse. Yeah, exactly. How's making films with Martin changed over the years? It strikes me a little bit that we're kind of in this kind of renaissance period where guys like yourselves and De Palma and Coppola, the kind of freedom that they had in, and you guys had in the 70s seems to be coming back into vogue a bit with the money and the kind of the freedom to kind of flex a bit of creative muscle. You mean Netflix type? Well, thing? yeah, I mean, just that everyone's everyone seems to be interested in the story now. Yeah. You know, rather than... 
the sheen. Yeah, the, hopefully. I mean, a story is a story is a story. It's always there that you can't get away from that, the relationships between people. Yeah, I mean, maybe Netflix will, because of the way they present films and so on, they uh, gives more opportunity for more, uh, movies like Irishman or movies that Coppola would want to do. Or You compared it to Roma a couple of months ago. Exactly, you? Roma. Uh, Roma is a perfect example. Of, a film like that would have struggled to have been made 10 years ago. Yes, yeah. You were heavily involved in not just playing on screen in, in The Irishman, but involved in the production in terms of the money, in terms of this, in terms of that. Do you feel properly heavily invested in, in this as a title? Well, I was, I mean, I because Marty and I had a a, uh, a movie we were going to do, we've been trying to do th something for a long time. We finally came upon this project, which was good. It wasn't perfect, but we would have had something you was know, that we the were, frankie machine yeah, yeah frankie machine the winter frankie machine and it was ready to go and so marty was starting to show me movies like uh, a jean gaban film in black and white and i said yeah i have to look at this book called i heard japan houses that eric roth and i were talking about two years before that when it came out two or three years before that and when it came out and and um so i i did go read the book and when i read it i said marty uh, you, you have to read this book, you, you'll see, and this is this is what we, you know, you'll, you'll see. Is it the last big mob story to be told on film, do you think? Are there, are there many more, are <laughs> there many more out no. there? There'll be others, I'm sure, but for us it might be, I, I, you know. What's your favourite part of the process nowadays? Is it the planning, is it the making, or is it the watching? The actual doing it, shooting day-to-day, -day, working on scenes, and watching it being put together, and all, that's all, and it's it's nice when something gets a good reaction, and... That's um, that's that's a good thing. But for you, it's still the bread and butter. Getting on set, getting in the costume. Yeah, doing all doing that stuff. And we, in this case, with the because Netflix helped us, we had um, it was done comfortably and a good pace and so on. And Marty was able to do the film the way he would like to have done it. Though he would have done it on a more constrained budget if forced to. We talked about that. Only three people in the world have one of these, and only one of them is Irish. You know how strong I made you? I know things they don't know I know. He said that? You sure he said that? I'm worried nobody threatens Hoffer. I got records, I got tapes, they're done. I had to put you into this thing. Sooner or later, everybody put here as a date when he's gonna go. On set, with you and Al and Joe, you take three different paths to get to where you need to get. How does that work as a dynamic on, on set? You mean three, oh, oh yeah, just, three you know, approaches, just yeah. Watching you guys on, you know, just, just talking together, you know, Al kind of just steamrolls his way and, <laughs> and you, you kind of just sit back and just let, let the Pacino take over. And, and, and I'm just wondering how that works on set. It all, everybody's good. You know, Marty's the conductor. He comes in and orchestrates whatever whatever higher lower notes where people should play or you know moderates uh, mediate or not mediate moderates or whatever the yeah is another word i guess yeah so that 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 was fine every once you're in it everybody's in it it's just a matter of letting everybody do what they're doing and and he he'll he'll uh, guide it and is marty still in charge on the set is he still, of course he's, yeah. he's there but he's not going to 
say anything or get in the way unless there's a there's a, a glaring uh, thing that has to be uh, addressed. He just wouldn't. We're very proud of Stephen Graham. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's over great. Here. We've kind of watched him grow through yeah. the ranks and stuff like that. And he kind of describes it as a pinch me moment where he got to knock a cake or a cup of tea or a drink out of Al's hand and stuff like that. Is it, is it good seeing like the young kids kind of coming through and I guess standing their ground? I mean, a lot, sure. of, people, a lot of people acting opposite, someone like you or Al or Joe, it, it'd be quite easy for them. In England, we call it losing our arse. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. No, no. I, he, Steve, was, in, his, in his case, he was just great. Um, uh, I was uh, very impressed with, with him, what he did. And it was very funny, too. I mean, it was terrific. Thanks, Jamie. Part two of our Robert De Niro interview in a moment. Right now, though, Noah Bornback, director of Marriage Story, a film that will rip your heart out of your chest, smash it into a million pieces, and have you Googling DIY prenups. What I love about Nicole, she is a mother who plays, really plays. What I love about Charlie, he loves being a dad. He loves all the things you're supposed to hate, like waking up at night. She knows when to push me and when to leave me alone. He never lets other people keep him from what he wants to do. Dad, you're too far. I know. It's not easy for her to close a cabinet. He's incredibly neat. She's brave. He's brilliant. She's He's very competitive. Noah Bornback, welcome to What to Watch on Netflix. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to sit down with you, having just watched marriage story which is one of the most moving films i have seen in a very very long time one thing i do really want to talk about is the casting because i think uh, scarlett johansson and adam driver are sensational in these roles of strained spouses who was cast in in their role first well adam because uh, this is our fourth movie together uh we've we've been talking about I mean, it's funny to say we've been talking about this movie because, of course, when we were talking about it, you know, over the last couple of years, I I, I couldn't have told you what this movie was. But we've been talking about themes and character ideas and location ideas and really sort of every aspect of of things that excite us that that we'd love to put in a movie and that that we might do together. It's... it's, um, I mean, Adam has described it as a kind of conversation that we just keep having over. Sometimes we're shooting movies, and then afterward we just have it in our lives, and then we go back into another movie. And so it's been a very pleasurable and gratifying relationship, uh, both uh, as a creative collaboration, but really uh, as a friendship. Uh, So he was always in my mind, even as I was just starting to, ideas were really starting to sort of... uh, form for what what marriage story ultimately became um but we both agreed that scarlet would be our first choice oh you know the actress that was in that thing that time uh to play nicole and so i've known scarlet a little bit over the years not super well but i i reached out to her and we had lunch and and she got involved very early too and so i feel it was invaluable for me in, in writing the script was having these actors in mind not only for inspiration, but also for even it's just as sounding boards. I mean, that that I could get together with them every so often, and you know they'd be working on other things. We would talk on the phone. We'd you know meet for lunch. We'd go to each other's apartments, and and I would, in a sense, kind of keep talking to them as the script was developing, and 
gathering more information. And at the same time, I was also doing research, talking to couples who've gone through divorces and professionals in the divorce industry. And and, and so all, all of this was sort of happening um, at once and, and finding its way into the to the script. It was better than the sex, the talking. Although the sex was also like the talking. You know, everything's like everything in a relationship. So let's talk about the, the approaching of the actors because you, you got your first choice for, for each role effectively. Was there a moment when you realised there was a chemistry there? Because this doesn't obviously always happen where your first choice characters marry so perfectly on screen. Was there a screen test that made you realise you'd made the right choice? Right, or divorce on <laughs> screen, yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, once they were in a room together and reading the script, and even in the earliest days when just sort of we're reading and and people are just getting kind of comfortable with the dialogue and the lines and the scenes. And um, with this one, it really was sort of a, a feeling that this coupling would work. Let's discuss that argument scene in the apartment, which is an incredible moment of cinema. How many takes did that take until you, you knew you had it? It was an 11-page scene, and we shot it over two days. You're being so much like your father. Do not compare me to my father. I didn't compare you to him. I said you were acting like him. You're exactly like your mother. Everything you're complaining about her, you're doing. You're suffocating Henry. First of all, I, I love my mother. She was a wonderful mother. Just repeating what you told me. Secondly, how dare you compare my mother to my mother? We started rehearsing it. Um, I mean, this is true of every scene, but this scene, because it was, there's a variety of sort of emotion and, and physical action in that scene. So we rehearsed it early on sitting in chairs and then once we found the location we rehearsed it in the location and we we blocked out the whole scene which was sort of is a process sort of with me and Robbie Ryan my cinematographer Adam Scarlett the script supervisor Renetta was there um I like to have if I can't even the editor uh production designer if you can get as many collaborators there as possible because I feel like everybody is going to contribute to to this and as you see in that scene too they're they're so clearly bringing so much of themselves to those performances. I mean, it felt often and feels to me now like I'm watching their movie in a way. It's like they're doing something that seems so so personal. And and it's also a scene too. It's if Scarlett does something different in a scene, it's going to lead Adam to do something different in a scene, and vice versa. Uh, and so that's that individual moment will suddenly shift, and then maybe that will give me an idea that I wouldn't have had otherwise. I, at the end of Marriage Story, was uh, an emotional wreck. It, it, it took so much out of me, probably as somebody who is only six months into a marriage. Would you say that Marriage Story is, is a love letter or a warning? Well, I would say congratulations um, to you. For, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I didn't, I don't think of it as, as either. I, 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 you know, I do think it's a love story of, um, in a sense, or it's about love, but... I mean, a, a friend of mine said what I love, he said, I love it because the movie gets divorced so you don't have to. Um, and I thought that was a, a nice way to look at it. Um, but I, I, you know, I think the movie allows people to have their own, you know, to bring themselves to it and, and what they take from it uh, is going to be influenced by what they're, what they've brought in. You know, I, I, I love that about 
you know, many of my favorite movies. Noah, thank you so much. Of course, we can't bring you on What to Watch on Netflix without getting your Netflix recommendation. What is something that you are absolutely loving or have loved recently on Netflix? Well, I'd say I, I, I saw The Irishman on the screen and loved it. And I'm uh, very excited to watch it again on Netflix because I, you know, I'm sure I'm going to see so many different things and have a whole other experiences of it that, uh, because it's such a layered, textured, deep movie. How do you feel about CGI in movies in this transition with with uh, films like The Irishman? I mean, I don't, I don't really have a general opinion on it. I think it's like any filmmaking tool. It's like it's up to the person using it. I mean, I, I, there's CGI in movies that I, you know, either don't think about or am really impressed by, and then there's CGI movies that I wish wasn't. The case. I mean, you know, I mean, I tend to be. I mean, I don't obviously have a lot of CGI in many of my movies, but I, 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 I like practical special effects. Still, I, I, I feel like they're. I like the physical feeling of them. This is a personal one for for Jamie. Yeah. Can we potentially uh, get a spin-off series about the escapades of Martha Kelly's evaluator <laughs> solving crime? With Alan Adler's Burt's Bits, please. This is our personal request. Okay, I, 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 I'd be happy to executive produce that, that Netflix show. So potentially coming soon. Uh, yeah, potentially with a lot of CGI. Yeah. <laughs> Noah Bornback, thank you so much for joining us. Cheers, Dotty. Lovely stuff from Mr. Noah Bornback there. Now it's time for part two of uh, my Robert De Niro interview. You didn't see what I see, what I've been through. A friend of ours is having a little trouble. A friend at the top. Hiya, Frank. This is Jimmy Hoffa. Glad to meet you. Big business and the government is on the attack. You want to be a part of this fight? A part of this history? Whatever you need me to do, I'm available. Now... This is the part where I asked him about the infamous Irishman table read. If you don't know what this is, basically a table read is where all of the cast get together with the director before they start filming, just to kind of meet each other and read through the script in character, just to see how it sounds. And Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese were really keen on getting this done as soon as they could because they were still searching for a distributor, they were still searching for the money. So years and years before they actually made The Irishman on Netflix, the guy sat down and recorded it all down on tape for posterity. This is what he had to say about it. Talk to me about before Netflix came along with The Irishman, there was an infamous table read that you guys did, like back in 2012, which you kind of, did you do that just so there was a record of it somewhere so that you, so you didn't have to go straight back to ground zero? Yeah, we did that. So let's just have a reading of it. Let's get everybody together. Let's film it. And that was with Joe as well? With by Joe, this time Joe and was on board. Al and uh, Paul Herman, who plays Whispers. Um, Paul's kind of the part of the group, the repertoire group, if you will. Of yeah. Various movies of mine and other, other people. So a couple of David O. Russell films. So Paul... Um, Bobby Cannavale um, and Marty, of course, was there, and Jane Rosenthal and Emma Tillinger and so on. Um, and we then had who, whatever studio people were there, money people, 
whoever was interested have them there. But we had it on record uh, uh, so that whoever might want to look at it, if they're interested, they could also look at the reading. And the reading uh, helped because uh, it was actually a lot of things in the script were funnier than I thought and were done and it was good and we had a good time doing it. So and we had that to present the show to people who, if ne if necessary, need need be. We'd uh, has it changed that. much since then? N not a lot, but you know things are improvised here and there, had lived, of course. But the basic structure and everything is what it is. Have you ever been tempted by by TV drama? It seems to be. I mean, Irishmen aside, where the money is at the moment, then where... Yeah, no, I, I have some projects. I have a project with um, David O. Russell, uh, another project or two that are down the pipeline uh, um, that are going to be that. But th those, the advantage to those is you have more time to tell the story, obviously, and the, 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 the quality of the material is... Is great. It's as good as movie stuff, if not better at times. So, have you seen the recommendation that someone wrote about about how to watch The Irishman in sections? If you if you if you no, need, if you need lots of ba bathroom breaks. So, someone came up with it. It's quite good actually because my dad struggles to sit still for for, oh, for oh, a long yeah. time. So they've said you can split The Irishman into a perfect mini series if you so wish. Mm -hmm. So episode one is called "I Heard You Paint Houses" and it takes you up to when Jimmy Hoffa ends the call at forty nine minutes. Okay. He said that's a good point for episode one. Uh, episode two, from 49 minutes to one hour 40, you cut when Joey the Blonde is introduced. Uh, Joe Gallo? Yeah, I think so, yes. Joe, Joe Gallo. Yeah. Joe, yeah, Joey, and yeah. So that takes you to the halfway point. Uh -huh. You go to another bathroom break or have your dinner, you come back. Episode three is called What Kind <laughs> of... You have dinner too? Yeah, yeah, maybe a bit bathroom. of dinner, okay. yeah. It comes back, you say, uh, for episode three, you've got What Kind of Fish? And that takes you from one hour 40 to two hour 47. You cut when Frank exits the house. In brackets, you'll know when that is. So I think we know which pit that is. No spoilers. And then episode four is just called It Is What It Is. And you watch from two hours 47 to the end. And they've, they've, oh, okay. So they've used it as kind oh, of like yeah. nice little bookends there, I think. Yeah, yeah. For me, watching you at the end, kind of I found a lot more emotional than I was expecting. Because we're watching Frank, but we're also watching you. Yeah. And... You know, we've all been on many journeys with you as an yeah. actor and we've been on this incredible journey in, in these three and a half hours. Do you ever allow yourself to, to be like that as, as Bobby De Niro? Is it kind of reflective or are you still sure. kind of like, let's go for it, I'm, keep, I'm not stopping, I'm keeping No, no, sure. Here. I mean, that, that's, that's one of the reasons that we, we did the film. The, getting older, what happens at the end of the day, everybody, Frank, everybody, they go through their life doing what they do and then... Here we are, you know, the end of, back in the in the old age home, <laughs> reminiscing a, with a with a young nurse who doesn't know doesn't know who these characters are. I, I find that happening with people now. I ask them about a director or something, a person or something. They don't know. So it's just what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Robert De Niro, thank you so much. I love the Irishman. I can't wait to see thank what you've you, got up your sleeve. You. Keep on keeping on. Now, it's all very well us mentioning a couple of the big things that are already on or are soon to be coming to Netflix. But what about the things that are fresh out of the oven? There are so many new things dropping every week, we thought you'd appreciate a heads up. So what I'm going to do is get on the hotline that takes me straight to Gina, our Netflix guru. What she doesn't know is not worth knowing. Hello, Gina. 
Hi, Dottie. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are things at Netflix HQ? We've got a lot of exciting things dropping for you today, if you want to hear about them. I do. I know you've got the insider scoop, so hit me. What are we watching on Netflix this weekend? First thing I want to talk about that's dropping today, dropped hot and ready for you to watch, is The Goop Lab with Gwyneth Paltrow. What's that? You probably know who Gwyneth Paltrow is. You probably have heard of Goop. So now it's time for you to get the insider sort of look into what's going on over there with her stuff. So it's a six-episode series on... sort of comes from, you know, the website that she has with Goop and the things that she does there, but it has is a guide into the wellness topic that she likes to push. So we've got topics going from psychedelic cold therapy there's an episode on female pleasure there's one on anti-aging energy healing it is a wild ride but definitely something that you're going to want to at least be inquisitive of and that's dropping today so what happens in a workshop everyone gets off <sighs> what the f- are you doing if you go <laughs> this is the one where the poster looks like she's standing in a vagina it is yes it is the vagina poster yeah that's the show <laughs> Can't wait. What else have you got? All right. So anyone who's a fan of Sabrina, but the bad Sabrina, Chilling Adventures, that is part three dropped today. Also, basically, if you haven't seen it, it's not like the Sabrina Spellman, you know, it's darker, edgier, a little more grit. Yeah, part three is that today. Not for kids, this one. Um, you know what? If, you, if you're a little bit scared of certain things, maybe maybe not for you. But yeah, anyone who's, who's a fan of something that's a little, a little darker. You should you should enjoy. And once we're done with that, what are we watching next? A special mention for two of my favourite things. The first is Grace and Frankie. Oh, yes. Season six came out last week, so that's still available to watch. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. Hey, girl. To put it simply, it's two old white women living their best lives. Honestly, that is pretty much what it is. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's just really great. It's, it's about friendship and family, and I really love it. So that's would definitely recommend but even more importantly a great documentary called Cheer has come out I would describe it as a cross between Bring It On and Last Chance You if you've seen either of those but it's essentially about a cheerleading squad who are competing to win a competition called Daytona and it follows their sort of process and you meet some characters in the squad it's just great I feel like America's now like a great documentary series so would 100% recommend watching that too I've actually seen this and it opened my eyes to a world I had I knew nothing about I mean I had no idea and the thing is they mention it in the show as well they're like it's very it's, it's very insular I was like I did not know that people went this in for cheerleading if you think you've seen pushy parents you haven't until you watch cheer Oh my gosh, I know, I know. The parents of Gabby Butler, that is all I have to say. Like, shout out to them for pushing their child, but good Lord, yeah. Stage mums on steroids in cheer. Absolutely, absolutely. Gina, thank you. Until next time, bye. Bye. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Next week is all about carnal knowledge with our Sex Education 2 special as I get intimate with Asa Butterfield and Cootie Gatois, Emma Mackey, Connor Swindles, Kedar Williams-Sterling and Patricia Allison. And I'll be getting some tips on how the hell you film an actual sex scene for real. No one needs to see that, mate. Plus, of course, you'll find out what to watch on Netflix. This is like nothing I'd ever seen before. What to Watch on Netflix is hosted by me, Dottie and is written and produced by Jamie East. Editing and additional production comes from Cup and Nuzzle. What are you watching on Netflix? We'd love to know. Get in touch with us on Twitter at Netflix UK.